The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. This is our fifth episode, and it's good to have you with us on all four of our radio stations in the upstate of South Carolina. If you're listening to us on one of the live web feeds, welcome as well from wherever you may be. And of course, the archived podcast of this episode. Thank you for tuning in. We just continue to ask that you pray for us that you tell people about it, share, and help this radio show grow. It's good to be with you. Uh, I look forward to spending this time with you every week because it is so much outside of what my day-to-day work life is. And I think most people know that I'm the the director of broadcasting at Furman University, the radio voice of Furman football and men's basketball, also the uh, broadcaster for the Greenville Drive, the Red Sox minor league baseball team. I, I love that job. I, I love doing all of those things. I think I was born to be a broadcaster. This, though, is now where I believe God has placed his calling on my life. So we are trusting that he is going to grow this uh, at, at the rate he wants it to grow. It's not always as fast as I want things to happen. But when I share my testimony with people and and talk about how Grand Slam Ministries and this radio show came into play, one of the first things, in fact, the first thing I ask for when it comes to how people can pray for us is that God leads and I follow, that I don't get ahead of what he has in store for not just my life, but for this particular ministry, because when I try to do things on my own and and I expect there are some amens coming out there, it turns out to be an unmitigated disaster. So the big thing I'm praying about is, hey, God, you lead. I'll follow. It may not move as rapidly as I want it to, but I know that it's going to move as rapidly as you want it to move. So keep that in your prayers Share it, help us grow, and we'll just leave it up to the Holy Spirit to decide how quickly things move along. I'm incredibly excited about today's interview that you're going to hear in just a few moments because I spent on Thursday a little more than 30 minutes talking with Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright. This is a man who is in a a position along with all of his deputies and every law enforcement officer in the country, that job is under more scrutiny now than it has ever been in our nation's history. And with good reason in some cases. And you'll hear as we get into the interview in a bit, Chuck and I talking about the the latest situation that happened in Memphis and, and the attention, negative attention that's brought to law enforcement. It is a position where people like Chuck Wright and anybody who wears a badge is under so much scrutiny that you have to have some kind of supernatural ability to handle it all. Well, Chuck Wright has that. His faith in Jesus Christ is strong and seemingly getting stronger by the day. And we're going to explore that faith journey. We're going to explore the journey of of his law enforcement career his philosophy, all of those things you're going to hear in this interview when we come back in just a moment. I do want to allow you to hear some things about Grand Slam Ministries, and then when we come back, we'll get into this week's featured interview with Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright. So hang right there. We'll be back in just a moment. Every day there are children who leave school on Friday and eat little and sometimes nothing until they come back to school on Monday. It happens in every community, including yours. Many of these children live in circumstances that deprive them of basic needs necessary for a quality life. At Grand Slam Ministries, we want to change that. We want to invest in our children, giving them hope for the future. 
That investment includes necessities such as food, clothing, school supplies, and a safe environment to play, to study, to live. Please visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our ministry and how you can help. We're just getting started. Will you come alongside us for the children's sake? Again, that's grandslamministries.org. Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Back on The Dan Scott Show, our fifth episode. Thank you for listening, whether it's on the Fox Sports Radio station in Spartanburg, Spartanburg Sports Radio, 107.9 Sunny. 107.9 FM in Salem. Tip of the cap to my good friend Jazzy Jeff Bright. WZLA, Classic Country down in Abbeville. And, of course, our flagship 94.5 FM, The Answer. Also, all of those places have websites where you can listen to it if you're not near your radio. And they're spread out four different times on Sunday, uh, including 7 to 8 p.m. on 94.5 FM. The answer, everything is always archived after they're done at danscottshow.org. So you can go back and listen to this interview if you miss part of it or want to hear it again or share it with somebody. And the interviews that we've done in previous weeks, the first four episodes of the show, Eric Bowman last week on recovering and moving forward through the help of Jesus after losing a child. Jeff Allen, the comedian, talking about being uh, an atheist and a drug addict and an alcoholic coming to Christ. And Brandon Puffer, three weeks ago, a former major league pitcher who found himself spending two and a half years in prison because of an alcohol-fueled incident one night when he was still a player at the minor league level. And then the very first episode, I shared my testimony and how Grand Slam Ministries and this radio show came to be. All of that stuff is available on the archives and affiliates page at danscottshow.org. Now, I mentioned, and I say this every week, but I'm just incredibly excited about this week's interview. Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright has been on the job for almost 37 years. He has been sheriff since 2004, And he has this remarkable ability to, on one hand, and if you've you've seen one of his press conferences, you know this, on one hand, to be blunt, no-nonsense, as Howard Cosell used to say, telling it like it is. On the other hand, a man who has the ability to show incredible compassion and emotion. And some people say that those are in stark contrast to one another. I believe that they are two sides of the same coin. And as we started the interview, that's where we began. I asked Chuck Wright how he gets to the point where he can be both blunt and compassionate. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, first of all. But um, it, it comes from me reading the Bible and listening to what Jesus Christ tells me to do every day. Um, I hadn't always been that way. Um, I, I'm frustrated when people hurt or kill or rape or maim other people. It, I'm, I'm, I'm as angry as about it as you are. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I always have to remember, um, these are children of God and even bad people can change. Nobody's too far gone that they can't change their ways. Christ showed that when he, when he met, um, Saul on the road and he, turned himself into Paul later. So I I figure if Paul's got a chance, I do too. You know, it's interesting. uh, Just reading uh, my daily Bible reading yesterday, I believe it was, Jesus was dealing with the scribes and Pharisees, and and, and we know what that bunch was like back then. And, And it said specifically in this particular passage that he was angry with them and grieved because of the hardness of their hearts. Jesus had righteous anger. And and, right. I, and I think sometimes people overlook that character in Jesus. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you that um, God didn't sing. Jesus didn't sing Kumbaya with everybody. I mean, he was a God of justice. He was a God of mercy and a God of grace. Thank God for that. But he was also a God of justice. Um, you know, the difference, you, you can't have, what the difference in today's society, a lot of churches are wanting to sing Kumbaya with people and not tell them about the real thing. The real thing is the real thing. Now, just because people are different than I am in their thoughts and their beliefs and their actions and what they identify as has nothing to do if I care for them or love them, you know, but I'm not going to lie to you. You know, that's what a lot of the American churches are doing today is they're uh, basically selling a product or snake oil or whatever. I'm not, and uh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to tell you the truth. And, you know, he's talking about me getting to the point earlier. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of politicians, too. That's the reason why I'm not a politician. I'm just an elector. <laughs> you know, you you know, it's funny and it's sad when people make jokes. Is how can you tell when a politician's lying? Is their mouth is moving? You know, and I'm, I don't want to be. I'm not a politician. I'm just a very blessed human being that's, that gets to serve as the sheriff of Spartanburg County. This is not my seat. This is the seat that people let me hold on to for a little while and. I'm going to do the best I can in the name of Jesus Christ while I'm here. So, so which is your natural personality and which is one that the Holy Spirit really has to work on you? Is, is it the blunt guy or is it the compassionate guy? I have to work on the compassionate side um, more. Um, look, I have been shot at. I have been, you know, run over crashes. I've been, you know, in, in a lot of situations. And this job that we're in today especially today can turn you bitter if you're not careful because it sometimes it's the mentality is us against the world. And it's just not that way. You know, when we had the, the horrific incident over here with Austin Aldridge, I was reminding people look sitting on the side of the road. There's black, there's white, there's tall, there's short, there's fat, there's skinny. There's, you know, haves and have nots. They're all coming to support you and me and saying that this is not okay. What happened to our officers? So, don't get the mentality us against the world. And, and, and it's very do that. Yeah. And that, that's actually kind of the next question I was going to is, is because I believe law enforcement now is the most scrutinized profession in this country. And, and everything you do is, is under a hyper microscope. How do you not see the worst in people? Because you see the worst in people, but how do you not see the worst in people? Well, how I look at it is everybody's a sinner. Some sins are different than others, and some sins are more recognized than others. But, you know, everybody's just a sinner, man, in need of a Savior. And, you know, I can remember when I was pretty critical. You know, I, I, I was very fair. I was firm but fair. And I like to have compassion on people. I like to see people change. But, you know, I just see people as people. We're living in a fallen world, and this is not the world. This is not the end. If this was the end, I Hey, I could make a lot of things right um, the way I see it, and nobody could do nothing about it. But that's not it. You know, we, we, we're here for a greater cause. So that's how I don't get the cynical part of it. Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright joining us on this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. So tell me about your faith journey. How did you come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ? Um, I went to church. I was forced to go to church when I was little. My dad and my mama took me to church. They didn't send me. They took me. <laughs> Excuse me a minute. Excuse me. I'm battling something. Well, I, I was I, I was churched at an early age, and um, I got up to a point to where well, the church I was going to, I was seeing these guys doing things, and then on Sundays they were telling me not to, absolutely not to do that, and you know, I was watching the double standard, and, and I got out of church at, at about the age of 16 or 17. I just didn't want to go to church anymore because I was like, I already know I'm going to hell. I might as well have fun doing it. So um, I was floundering around there, and, and I met my wife. Um, she and I got married, and then I got hired at the Sheriff's Department in 1980, August 22nd, 1986. Um I was doing that weekend Christianity thing, man. I was going to church on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, I didn't want to talk about no Jesus. I didn't want to talk about none of that stuff. You know, I, I had the excuse, well, you don't know what I go through. And you don't know what people try to do to me when I'm at work. And, 
you know, I was, it was becoming a little harsh, I guess. And, and my thoughts were not pure. And, um, I remember going to a cops for Christ meeting in over in Lyman and, you know, it, it just kind of convicted me, I guess you would say. And I started, I got on my hands and knees and I said, you know, I, I've tried it my way. I can't do it my way anymore. And I said, so I'm, I'm just, I'm ready for this journey. I'm ready. I know you died for me. I believe all that. And, um, I just, my, my wife and I grew together pretty much. And, um, that, that's how I got to where I am now. Uh, it's because of my wife and persistency and going to church and being around other Christian men. And, you know, I don't see men now as when they fail as, Oh, you were faking. You know, no, they're, they're just men just people people are gonna fall they're gonna do those kind of things and just got to try to uh, set the example and say the right things around people but um you know i, I want to challenge every man that might be listening to this program i've been married to my wife kim for 36 years and, and unfortunately just for the last nine months ten months have i been praying with her every morning and reading my bible i had no idea i could love her so much deeper um, she, she became less nagging, I guess you would say. And I, I guess I became less abrasive to her and, but that's, that's the Holy spirit doing that. So I challenge you, man, for, for just do it for one month and see if your relationship don't change. It, you know, it, it's, it's incredible that you mentioned that because I guess this is going back uh, a couple of years. Our church had a 31 day specific prayer Thing we were doing, and I can't remember exactly what it was about. But Angela and I, who have been married for 33 years, decided for the, for the first time in our marriage that, that we would do this together. And we started praying every morning before she went off to work. We've been doing that now for over two years. And, and as you said, it's just incredible the depth of relationship that opens up when you think you know somebody. And, and your wife knows you better than anybody. You know your wife better than anybody. But the ability to know somebody on a deeper level just by sharing those few moments together uh, is something that only God can do. That's a fact. You know, I, I'm I'm so deeply in love with my wife. I don't uh, I don't make no bones about it. I got five sons and six grandchildren, and every one of them know how deep I care for my wife. You know, she knows everything about me, just like you said, and she still loves me anyway. <laughs> we're vis- visiting with Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright. I, I got to go back to something you said a minute ago, and you were talking about men. And, and one of the, the main uh, mission focuses of our new nonprofit here, Grand Slam Ministries, is going to be mentorship. Because I've had men, especially since I came to Christ almost 11 years ago, pouring into me in those early days and continuing to do so. And I have mentors that I go to now. And, and you see this in your job, I think, more than, than most people do, Chuck. Men are knuckleheads. I mean, we really are at times, aren't we? Oh, no, no, not at times, all the time. <laughs> I got it better some other times. <laughs> and, 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 yet, and yet God loves us anyway. And, 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 First John tells us that if we're uh, willing to confess our sins, that he's faithful to forgive us. And, and sometimes, I think because of the way we're wired, and, and maybe you can speak to this, we think we can do things on our own. We, we, if it's broke, we want to try to fix it, and, and we have a hard time letting go. Yeah, that's the struggle with Christian men is they are fixers and doers. And, you know, I, I got frustrated not long back, but in my men's group that I'm um, I get to attend every Monday at, at our church. Um, I was frustrated because I've given some people the information they needed to be Christians and how to make things right because I know how it works. Um, I've done them, and, and they don't do those things. I get very frustrated with them, and I was, I was like, well, wait wait a minute. But, you know, And my buddy reminded me. He said, now, Chuck, look, sometimes he said you need to talk to people and give them the good advice of, of turning them toward Jesus, he said, and it's not your timetable. And when he said that, I was like, you're right. I'm, I was trying to, you know, because it's so simple to me. It is now, but I remember a time when I struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Just trying to 
I, there's a great song out, and this is the way I see it. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody, you know, about a man that saved my soul. I just, I, I want to be that light of Christ. I want people when they see me to see peace, you know, and Christ is peace. I want them to see compassion. Christ is compassionate. I just want them to see the Lord, man, and try very hard not to mess this thing up. And yet, as I said, in your job, which you face danger every day, all of your deputies go out and they have no guarantee that they're coming back home the next night. It's a thankless job. And you're under, as I said, more scrutiny now than any time, I think, in the history of this country because of things that have happened uh, over, over the past couple of years. And, and we just had another situation uh, in Memphis that is now drawing national attention. When these things happen, how do you feel like it reflects on you and your job and your men? And how do you approach those, those issues when they come up? I don't think it directly reflects on our guys. And, and but I always know that the media is going to come and ask me what my thoughts are on those kind of things. So it gives me an open mic to say, look, we don't act that way. And we're just as frustrated as you are. Um, there's no other profession uh, that people can talk about that. If something happens clear across the other side of the world, that we all get lumped into the same thing. There, there are more teachers having sex with students bad cops i promise you know there there are way more bad ministers and, and pastors that are doing things they're actually literally on the sexual registry list than police officers yet we get uh, scrutinized so much so i just tell them like i'm i'm not going to take responsibility of what some um very bad people did and meant this i'm just going to take responsibility for what i've done and so i just encourage the officers and we make sure that those policies are updated those things. So, so you use the word encourage and that's where I was going to go next, being able to stay encouraging versus battling discouragement in, in, in all aspects of your job, that part of it being included. How, how do you battle discouragement in your profession? The Holy spirit. I mean, it truthfully is a prayerful daily walk. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still get frustrated and I still get a little bit sideways and, and when I do, I pick up the phone and call my wife or I call one of our chaplains here. And, you know, I just talk to somebody that kind of gets me and they're like, hey, don't don't forget now. We're still the good guys. Everything's good. You know, everything is good. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I just learned to start counting my blessings instead of complaining. That's easy preaching hard living, as a pastor of mine used to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's right. Uh, Sheriff Chuck Wright joining us here on the show this week. Um, you mentioned August 22nd, 1986, the day that you began your law enforcement career. And I was doing some reading uh, of a couple of articles preparing for this interview today. And, and one I saw, you said that after the first week, you, you were done. You, you thought you were ready to quit. And this is, and you're a guy who's been sheriff now for almost 20 years. T tell me about that why were you ready to give it up perhaps after just your first week on the job i saw all kind of men doing things that i was like dang i never seen that in person that's only been on tv um you know and and it was just a little bit unnerving i guess to see um because all the officers were talking about how it's very easy for us to get killed and you don't don't get killed when you walk down there and i'm like i don't plan on getting killed when i walk down there but you know, they, they were just trying to prepare me and I guess just to see if I was ready to go. And my father-in-law told me, he said, Chuck, you just don't understand some things about it. Um, you know, my dad, my father-in-law is a fantastic man and, and I love him more than anything. But he told me, he said, just give it a little more time, son. He said, because he said it gets frustrating, gets overwhelming. He said, it's the unknown for you. And and I when he said that, I was like, exactly right. It's the unknown for me. So I just kind of gritted my teeth and I was like, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to go do the best I can. And, and it worked out. And coming up on 37 years later, even as much as you know about the job now, there's still an unknown factor every time you put on that badge and go to work. Yeah. I, I would have to say that you said that I'm in danger every day. The deputies are the ones that I'm more right. concerned about. Truthfully, 
you know, they are the ones that go out there and, and, and tackle the bad guys and, you know, get shot at and have to shoot people and have to go home to their families and figure this thing out too. And, you know, I just, I just got so much admiration for the men and women that work in law enforcement, you know, especially the ones here. Um, but all law enforcement in general, you know, if you, if you poll 99%, all the police officers, 99.9% of the officers would be like the guys in Memphis are idiots, you know, and probably a hundred percent would say they're idiots. But, um, you know, we just, we just got to keep going, man. And, and there's going to be other things, you know, because people are looking, um, are looking for ways to discredit us because bad guys, and, and I put it like this, the dark don't like the light. You know, Jesus Christ said that from the beginning mm -hmm. and I understand it a little better now, you know, we're supposed to be the light and, but those officers were walking in darkness and the, but the light overcomes all that darkness and you know we just we just got to be the light has there been a a moment or two on the job where your your christian witness has had an effect on one of those from the dark side uh and and that has encouraged you and and, and kept you going over all these years yeah there's been a few people that have come back to me and said look i remember you praying with me and it made a huge difference and, you know, I was able to uh, get my life straightened back out with the help of the Lord. And I was like, gosh, man, <laughs> you know, winter, winter, chicken dinner. Yep. It's just like, it's like the mentality of the young man that was standing on the beach throwing starfish back in the water. An older, crusty gentleman come around and he says, what are you doing, boy? He says, I'm trying to save these starfish. He says, you're never going to make a difference. He picks one starfish up, throws it in the ocean. He says, tell it to that one. So you just got to keep throwing the starfish back in the ocean. What was it that attracted you to a career in law enforcement? I was a volunteer fireman at Welford um, Fire Department, and I watched how the county demanded respect in their presence when they were on the scene. And, you know, I was already into trying to be servant and, uh, I just, I was just looking at them guys and I was like, wow. I mean, that would be awesome to be a part of that crew that comes and takes care of business and helps people. So that's where it got me started. And as I say, almost 37 years later, still going as we continue to visit with Spartanburg County uh, Sheriff Chuck Wright. Uh, one of the other stories I read, and every law enforcement officer I'm sure has these cases in fact i was thinking last night angela and i love watching true crime television and we watched a show that was produced out of canada called cases that haunt me and it was about detectives talking about cases that they just couldn't get couldn't get out of their system even long after they're done and the article i read you mentioned two cases uh todd colehep and dana satterfield and those are extreme obviously but ones that that i would imagine anybody in your position would would find it impossible to shake yeah, it's just sad to see how somebody could could do that to a, a mother of two um a, a, a small business lady um I, I, don't, I don't get it and um i don't understand you know the draw for todd call cole help to do because he did i can't make my mind wrap around it we saw some things on that property in Woodruff I just assume not ever talk about, you know, and uh, um, the, the, I'm telling you the hardest things is when I've seen my deputies laying in the, uh, laying down that were shot and killed. And, you know, I, I'll never get, get that out of my mind. I get it, but uh, God's helping me sleep better. And there's a lot of things that, and, and deputies go through this stuff. It's not just me. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me about this. I just assume you pray for me, but you know, I want you to pray for the deputies, not only for their safety, but they can use their forgetter, so to speak, you know, a little more often because they see stuff. And it's, it's man, I tell you, it's we go home and cry too when babies are abused. We go home and and cry too when you know things just get overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's just um, just got to keep them in your prayer. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think that's that's easy preaching, hard living. Uh, it, it, in in the media, and and I've been doing this for I'm in my thirty eighth year 
uh, now. Um, we tend to get jaded, and and you know, because we deal with coaches. I deal with coaches all the time, and and you can go to a press conference and, and you can almost predict exactly what a coach is going to say. And, and you just, you know, the names are interchangeable. This is a script they're going to use. And, and it's easy to get jaded in, in, in my profession. I would imagine that it's a hundred times easier in your profession to get jaded. And, and so how, how do you combat that? Yeah. Go back to what I was talking about, the Holy spirit, just praying and, you know, I used to read my Bible honestly to say, okay, I've read my Bible. Now I'm reading my Bible and mm-hmm. I'm searching Bible. And I'm trying to figure out what that Bible is telling me today. You know, there's times I get up from reading the Bible and I go, I don't, I don't have a clue what you're trying to tell me today, Lord. But, um, you know, and then something will happen um, maybe the next day. And I go, oh, I get it. I get it now. But. You know, it's that Holy Spirit. You just got to keep it in you and you got to keep it alive. And, you know, I, I tried to tell some people before, if you only talk to God with you in trouble, you know, pretty soon he's going to say, who are you again? I don't want him to say that to me. I want to talk to him daily. I want to, you know, I put all my hopes and dreams in him. No, um, the Holy Spirit will, will help you get through that stuff. I'm sure that someone who is in a, a high-profile position like you are, who spends a lot of time in front of the cameras and is, is as open with your faith a, as you are, gets criticized for being open with your faith. Um, how did you learn to handle that? Well, I read in, in, um, when Jesus was talking, he said, hey, you know, you got to take heart, guys. I took, I've overcome the world because he said, if you follow me, you're going to have this kind of stuff. So even though it's not fun and I don't wear it as a badge of honor and I should, I guess, but I just know that I'm doing something right. Um, because I'm talking about Jesus Had some, a group of attorneys out of Washington, DC sent me a letter, um, year before last. They said, you're going to quit talking about God on your interviews and on your Facebook. And I wrote them a letter back and I said, no, I just put no. And, uh, six months later they did it again. And I said, look, if a man can identify as a woman and a woman can identify as a girl or, or a cat or a dog or whatever they identify as now, I said, I can identify as a child of God and you have no laws that can separate me from that. So hadn't heard any more back. Funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but the part is parents across this country that don't know how to stand up to that. Mm-hmm. Faith is something that they, and I hate to say it, but they wear it on their sleeve and it's just there for convenience and, you know, but I'm, I'm not that guy and, uh, I'm not a holy, holier than thou kind of guy, but, uh, I just try hard every day. Chuck Wright joining us, Sheriff of Spartanburg County. Uh, try to wrap it up here in the next uh, three or four minutes as I really want to be respectful of your time. And again, just uh, incredibly grateful that, that you have, uh, agreed to, to share from your heart with us on the show today. I do want to talk about something that maybe a lot of people don't know about you. The, the fact that you and your wife have fostered children. Um, you, you have adopted some of those children. Uh, it, it's an, it's an incredible expression of love. Where, where did, where did that desire to become foster parents come from and, and how rewarding, how challenging has it been over the years? Well, it's been just as challenging as it has been rewarding, that's for sure. And, you know, Kim and I have five sons, and two of them are adopted, but we don't recall which ones those are. Because <laughs> you know? we love them. They're a gift. They're just a gift. And we've we've sat and cried when other foster children had to go away from our home because they were being placed back into their home or somewhere else. And, you know, Kim and I did that for about 20 years, and it was Kim's idea. It's not mine. It was Kim's idea. And, um it was it was easy to do it um wow <laughs> i can i can look back now um on some of the young men and women that we've had and i still keep in contact with a few of them they they still call and you know call me mom and dad call us mom and dad and they love us and we love them but um there's some kids that um you know they they just messed up and they need prayer yeah you know and it's unfortunate when a child has to say, especially a child, child, I'm talking about eight, nine, 10 year old child has to ask why dads do certain things. And I'm like, Oh my Lord, you know, that's not okay. Evil is still prevalent and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff happens. And 
You know, I ask you to be aware. I don't falsely accuse, but be aware if, if you see some kids exhibiting the right signs and everything else for that. Well, you probably don't know this about me, but I, and I share this openly in my testimony, but when I was in the neighborhood of seven or eight years old, I was sexually abused by a group of older boys for an extended period of time. And it took one person finding out and speaking up about it to get it to stop. And so, so as you said, you don't want to make false accusations, but you do have to have those antenna up all the time. That's right. Um, you know, this human trafficking thing is a real thing. It's not a catchphrase. You know, we have to we have to be careful. We have to take care of our babies. That's what we have to do. You know, you're a great example, and I thank God that you're a great example, that there's life after, you know, stupid things that happen to people. Mm-hmm. You know, do it. And I'm, I'm, I hope you share that with other people. You know, boys are the one are the of the one uh, boys won't come and tell. Girls will tell. Boys are just like, nope. And, they, and they'll get angry, they'll get bitter, they'll all of a sudden quit studying, you know, all that kind of stuff that, um, you know, there's more reading materials out there for you on that. But, you know, they get angry, they get confused, they won't do their homework, they feel like they're not worthy, those kind of things. And that's, that's just Satan doing that to them. Uh, but uh, boys are really hard. To, they won't come forth. Yeah, that's 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 one of the reasons I started to feel like uh, about a year, eighteen months ago, that God was calling me to to be more aggressive in st- in seeking public speaking opportunities to share my testimony because of of what He did in my life. And I was a knucklehead for forty five years before, and I'm a preacher's kid, you know. And you go back to the go back to being forced to go to church. I always tell the, it's the old preacher son joke, Chuck. I I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church every time the doors were open as a kid. <laughs> So sounds like we have that in common. Let, let me, uh, as we get into wrap-up mode here, just a couple of things. Number one, it sounds to me like your wife, Kim, is a huge spiritual influence in your life. Man, I kicked my coverage when I married that, that girl. <laughs> I'm, she is. She's, she's the bomb.com. How long did it take you to figure that out? About the first time I saw her, and that's the truth. About the first time I, and I saw her. Probably three months before I ever asked her out on a date. I was just like, she's never going to go out with nobody like me. And and then when I asked her, I guess she was just having one of those, well, it's time for to have guilt and mercy, so I'll go out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look what happened all these years yeah. later, right? Never dated anybody since. God, God knows, so God, God has somebody for everybody. Um, how much longer do you see yourself doing this? Until God tells me not to, and I am planning on running again this coming term, you know, but, but until God says, Hey, I, I got somebody else that's going to be a whole lot better than you. And that's my prayer. Whoever comes in behind me does a hundred percent better than I ever did. And I'll, I'll be happy as I can be about it. Finally, when it's all said and done, whenever that time comes, what do you hope that people remember about Chuck Wright? That I love Jesus Christ a lot. All these accolades, man, these things don't mean nothing to me. I mean, they really don't. They're fun to get. And they're they're exciting, I, and I'm honored and proud. Well, I don't want to say pride, proud because pride in the Bible is never good. I'm honored and blessed to get those uh, accomplishments and recognitions, but I want them to know that uh, that I love Jesus Christ and I love people. At the end of the day, everything else are crowns we're going to cast at the feet of our Savior in heaven. That's exactly right. He is our greatest crown. Amen. Chuck, I can't tell you how how fun this is, uh, my ability to talk and think of things on the fly. We could go another hour, but as I said, I want to be respectful of your time. J- just know that we're praying for you. Um, thank you for being a public witness in a, in a job that uh, the stress level, especially for, as you said, the deputies in the field, is, is just incredible. And um, I hope we get a chance to catch up again soon. Yeah, thank you very much for this opportunity for me to tell people um, how God saved a knucklehead like me. That was Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright, just uh, an incredible man, bearing his soul, unabashedly sharing his faith, while at the same time talking about the challenges 
that he faced. And we did that via Zoom. And I hope you could hear some of the emotional inflections in his voice. But watching him talk as we did the interview and, and talking about some things, especially with the uh, Todd Kolhep case and the things that he saw and, and his deputies saw and the things that he went through, there was some genuine emotion there. And it's easy, as I said, towards the end of that interview, it's easy in my job to become sarcastic and jaded. It's something that I fight all the time. I would imagine, as we talked about, it's that much more difficult not to become a jaded individual in the line of work that Sheriff Chuck Wright is in. I was ecstatic to hear that he is going to run for re-election again when it comes up here in the next few months. And as he said, he's putting it all in God's hands, and God will decide when his time is up. And as he said, somebody better than him comes along into the position. So thank you, Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright. We'll take another break, and we'll come back for more of this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show right after this. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways. Through this radio show and its accompanying online, digital, and video components. Through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org. And through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help this program remain on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website at grandslamministries.org and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. Above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you and God bless. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers. We need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is GrandSlamMinistries.org. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org. And now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Dan Scott Show continuing on this Sunday. Air date is February the 5th. Depending on when you're listening to this, either coming up or earlier today, I had the incredible opportunity to speak at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence at the uh, request of uh, invitation of my friend, Pastor Heath Bowie. Second time he's had me there, so it means he either thought everything was okay the first time or, or maybe he's just crazy. I don't know, but um, just a, an incredible friend wonderful congregation, uh, really enjoyed my time uh, speaking there again, and uh, I will tell you here in a few minutes about some other places on my schedule in the next few weeks that are coming up. I, I wanted to share, though, a, a devotional moment. Uh, I read 
two or three different devotions every day, and, and the one constant is always from Dr. David Jeremiah, uh, both what I get through his uh, daily email from his radio program, and, and then every year he sends out a daily devotional book. This year's is called Moments with God. This was the devotion for just a, a couple of days back on February the 2nd. It's an entitled Greater Works, and it starts with uh, the Bible verse from John 14, 12, where Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And then Dr. Jeremiah wrote this, The CEO of a company spends three months with a small team setting up a new field office, then on a Friday afternoon, he announces he is returning to the company's headquarters. He is leaving the operation of the new office in their hands. What he tells them makes sense. There's only one of me and a dozen of you. You will accomplish more as a team than I could ever accomplish here on my own. And I'll always be only a phone call away. Then Dr. Jeremiah wrote this. In a partial way, that's what Christ communicated to the disciples before he returned to heaven. The greater works he said the disciples would do in his absence didn't refer to greater miracles, but to a greater scope. As the apostles began to spread the gospel and the church began to grow, Christ would be revealed to the whole world through the power, the gifts, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Christ has equipped the church to be his head, hands, and heart in the world. When the world sees Christians, they are to see the life and character of Christ. Today, when others interact with you, what are they seeing? Ask God to reveal Christ through you to the world. And I couldn't help but think that that devotion had a great tie-in with our interview this week that we just wrapped up with Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright because he's in a position where he's seen by many people, both on side at certain things and definitely in press conferences that that amplify the audience that hears him speak. And as I said earlier, he has the unique ability to to tell it like it is, but also to show incredible compassion. And and, and he does that publicly and he does it privately as we talked about things that he shared where he prays with, with people that maybe he has just arrested and, and is putting in jail. And, and sometime later, those people coming back and said, you know, you praying with me was the beginning of me turning my life around, and now I've accepted Christ, and my life is like this as opposed to the way it used to be. Greater works. Jesus said that we would do those, and I, I just thought that was a great tie-in. That devotion was a great tie-in to the interview we did with Sheriff Chuck Wright. I hope that you'll share that interview with people. You'll share this episode once it's archived because I believe in this hyper-sensitive, this, this world in which our law enforcement officers are under such a microscope, as I said earlier, more than any time in the history of this nation. And, and unfortunately, a lot of that is warranted, as we discussed with Sheriff Wright. There, there is good out there, and as he said, he believes that 99.9% of the police officers working today are good men trying to do the job the right way. The attention comes when that very small percentage do something like we saw in Memphis and like we have seen, unfortunately, in many other cases over the course of the last couple of years. He does not let that deter him from doing what's right, and I think that's a good lesson for all of us. We cannot let the pressures of the world deter us from doing what Jesus called us to do. And, and that's easier said than done sometimes because we live in a society that is more and more anti-Christian, that is open to anything and everything as the sheriff mentioned, when it comes to lifestyle and identity and all of those things, unless you identify with Christ, and then you get letters from lawyers, as he mentioned, 
But the bottom line is, and, and, and he, he didn't tell you the verse, but he referred to this. John 16, 33. Jesus told us that in this world, we will have tribulation. Didn't say we might. Didn't say it's possible. Didn't say it could happen. He said, you will have tribulation. But the last sentence of John 16, 33 is the promise that we cling to where Jesus said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what we have to hold on to. That regardless of what is happening around us, when everything seems as a Christian like it's coming down on you from every single direction, we have to remember that Jesus told us this is going to happen. He told his disciples, which was the word for us, the world will hate you because it first hated me. And he says, you know what? Follow me anyway. And I'm just incredibly, incredibly honored to have talked with Chuck Wright today because he's following Christ anyway. And I think it's a great example for all of us. want to tell you about uh, a few things as we get into wrap-up mode here. Uh, first of all, uh, tomorrow, the 6th of February, is the kickoff banquet for the Rick Gage Go Tell Crusade that's coming up in a couple of months uh, in Liberty, South Carolina. And uh, after some prayer and, and talk with the people who run his crusade, I'm actually going to chair the publicity committee for that crusade. And so you're going to be hearing a lot about it on this program and some other places moving forward. Looking forward to being uh, at that banquet coming up tomorrow. Speaking opportunities. Uh, I mentioned that today, this Sunday, February the 5th, I had the opportunity to speak at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence for my good friend, Pastor Heath Bowie. Next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, I will be at the First Assembly of God in Easley sharing my testimony uh, for Pastor Lee Athey and his congregation. So looking forward to being there. And then some other things that are on the calendar coming up soon uh, include April the 18th, getting a chance to go back for the second time since 2019 and talk to the men uh, of the uh, Chester County Men's Association. I'll be speaking at Lando Baptist Church there uh, on that evening. I did that back in 2019 and getting the opportunity to go back and visit with those men again. I had mentioned this with, with Sheriff Wright. I feel like in, in the last year to 18 months, God has been pointing me in a direction of being more public with my faith, more public with my testimony, and seeking opportunities to go and speak to churches, to groups, to organizations, and share the miracle that he did in my life, and also talk about how Grand Slam Ministries came in to be and, and what we are all about. If you would like to talk to me about doing that, please send me a message. You can email me, dan at danscottshow.org, and I'll be more than happy to look at the calendar and find a time when I can come and share with your church, group, or organization. And just, again, I never ask for any money to come and do it. That's between the people who invite me and the Holy Spirit. I just try to be obedient to what God says to do. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Sheriff Chuck Wright for joining us today. We'll be back with you again next week. And we've got a good one coming up. Actor T.C. Stallings will be our guest next week. Until then... I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you and so long, everybody.